This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode. Well, hello, everyone. We are so glad that you're here today. And I have Brianne Smith, and she was born and raised in Lemoore, California. That's where she's doing real estate right now. She actually started as a marketing coordinator, and her love for real estate grew from the marketing behind it. And today we're going to talk about how you can market yourself and take yourself to the next level. But also, we're going to talk about how to revive some of the old leads that you're getting. So, Brian, go ahead and talk a little bit about some of the marketing things that you learned as being a marketing coordinator and then how you shifted into being in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. So I wanted to focus when I went to school on marketing, but more for the fashion industry. So then once I graduated, I was living in LA and I wanted to move back home. And Lemoore is known for having a Navy base, but also known for dairies. It's a very cow-based town. So I wanted to find something that I could still be creative which led me to the real estate team that I started doing marketing for. I loved how creative I was able to be, even though we were living in a small town and growing the social media in ways that other agents in the area weren't doing, focusing on education, focusing on branding instead of just branding your brokerage. And it just kind of took off from there. The real estate team I was working for, they ended up moving to the East Coast. And so that's what pushed me to get my license and then grow my brand from there. And that's what's really helped me grow my business. I've only been licensed about three and a half years now, and I'm a top producer at my brokerage. I was rising star. I'm on the board of realtors, and it's really just helped me bring myself for clients, but then also with other agents in the area. And it's been great um, just to even still grow in that way, coming up with different ideas and just staying on top of it. And it's helped tremendously. So everyone's all about like getting new leads, new leads, new leads. And I feel like, you know, in the last two years, people got in a ton of leads. They were so busy. They didn't really work those leads like they need to. So I want to talk about reviving old leads that you've had exactly what to do to revive them. What would you say? What would the email, the text? And the phone call to them, say, if you had old leads coming in, let's first start with sellers, then we'll move into buyers. Okay, perfect. So I think obviously the last couple of years, like you said, when we were in crazy COVID times with the market, we didn't necessarily have the time to nurture all of these leads that we were getting through social media, through referrals, um, through cold calling, different things like that. And now that it slowed down a little bit, and then again, with the market shifting again, Now it's a good time to chat with them. So for sellers on social media, I offer a free buyer and seller's guide. So for my buyers and seller's guides, whenever I email them, I keep that and add that into my list for all these clients to touch base with. Um, And for the sellers that I'm able to retouch base by sending emails, updating them on interest rates going up, what's happening with my current listings, if they're getting multiple offers, if it's sitting how long we can expect days on the market, um, if buyers are asking for concessions, things like that. So I try to use as much education as possible because I want to set a clear expectation. I do not want to say, oh, I could sell your home tomorrow guaranteed and then it not sell for 60 days and we run into an issue. 
So I try to focus on education with what the market is doing and supply that to them. But then also just reaching out, asking if they're looking to move out of state. There were a lot of people looking to relocate out of California the past couple of years. Or if they're looking to move up, if their home's too small or if it's too big and just nurturing that relationship and then offering that free home value estimate and saying that most people, honestly, their home is worth more than they think it is, especially with the increase in values that we saw during COVID times. So most of the people that I give the free value estimates to are surprised and happy with what they see, um, what their home could be worth. So we have a bunch of uh, free seller guides and buyer guides that we we have uh, for our agents as well that are already made up for them. But talk about how you can get them to want the guide. Like specifically, let's say you were going to post something on social media. How do you get them to want that, that seller guide or buyer's guide? So sometimes when I post it on social media, I post it constantly because each time that I post it, I get at least 20 to 30 minimum new people reaching out for a copy because it reaches different people each time you post it. And sometimes they aren't brave enough to reach out to ask for it the first time, the second time, or even the third time, but then also not knowing if that's the right time that they need it. So posting it constantly, even if it seems like you are being annoying, posting it over and over, you're reaching so many more people each time you post it. So posting it in different ways. I post different screenshots of like what one page of the guide might be. I post the cover. I post that, oh, I supplied this to this seller and it made it the easiest process possible when we sold their home. Different things like that to reach different people in different ways has been a game changer. And it's really helped me grow my database for keeping these referrals and keeping these possible clients in like arm's reach away. Hmm. So tell us something that had like, like that that's in your buyer's guide that you're enticing them to go to download it. Yeah. So number one, that it's free. Everyone loves something free. But number two, just really focusing on education. I supply it to every time I go to a buyer's consult, but then especially online. And I've had so many agents reach out also um, for a copy of it just so they know what to give their buyers. And I'm all about community over competition. But I've had countless buyers, not even just in my area, but all over the country reach out because I know when I bought my first home, I didn't know where to start. And so in the buyer guide, it is jam-packed full of just what to do from start to finish, how to start saving up for a down payment, what type of loan program could work for you, what's the minimum credit score you need for a loan, where there's so many myths out there that you have to have 20% down, that you have to have great credit. And so many buyers don't understand that until you put it in front of their face over and over and over again. And I think there are a lot of agents that weren't doing that a few years ago. And now focusing on that education and having these buyer's guides is creating that trust. So then when you do reach out to them again, even a couple of years later, you've built that relationship. So they feel comfortable working with you. So what is a perfect text that you would send somebody um, that maybe reached out a year ago, just inquiring on maybe their home's worth? Yeah. So I try to take more of like the relationship standpoint. So reaching out to someone 
I would just say, hey, so-and-so, like, hope you're having a great new year. Just wanted to update you on what the market is doing right now. We've seen a slight shift, but homes are still selling quickly and still selling for top dollar. If you'd like me to give you an updated home estimate, I'm more than happy to supply you with one. Or if you want information on interest rates, happy to supply that also. If you have any questions, if you want me to stop by and take a look at your home, I'm more than happy to do so. I try to keep it as simple as possible. I don't want to oversell, but I want to just keep building that relationship and building that trust and be that friend that they feel comfortable with to ask any questions, um, whether they're looking to sell right now or whether they're looking to sell in two years. What about asking them? Most agents have some kind of automated platform. I know all of our agents get Katie Core for free. And so, you know, on there, it gives them a free market analysis. What about doing something where you say, curious, I'd love for you to just go in and tell me, you know, fill this out and see what automated, you know, analysis it gives you. I'd love to give you my version afterwards, but see, you know, how close do you feel this is? Have you ever tried that route? Yeah, I think that's great. Um, Especially, and I know there's so many people that use that and that's a great way to get information and a great way to get them interested in their home value. Um, I have more of an appraisal background. And so I like to give a more detailed home value estimate. And so that's why I supply it that way. But I do think there are a lot of people that don't necessarily want the direct connection and just want to click that link. And that's a great way to keep in touch and see if they're interested in around that price range, selling their home and if that would work for them and just get the ball rolling a little bit. And then what about for buyers? So if you had reviving some of those buyer leads, what are you doing to get them on the hook back, you know, back on the hook? Yeah. So right now I'm really using that during COVID times, you had to pay so far over asking price. So just reaching out saying, hey, I know you were looking at buying a couple of years ago. Are you still renting? Have you thought about buying this year? The market has shifted. You're not having to offer appraisal gaps right now. You're not having to offer 20,000 over asking. And in some cases, if a home has been sitting on the market, there's negotiations for sellers to cover closing costs and better terms for you. And that has worked for a lot of my buyers lately. Um, There's so many that just did not want to compete during COVID times or didn't have the funds to compete. And now they're okay with a higher interest rate because they're not having to put that upfront cash. And so that has worked fantastic for reaching out to past buyers, but then also posting that on social media um, to people that were looking at my posts in the past and seeing how quickly homes were selling and now seeing that they're able to possibly negotiate a little bit more and get better terms. So focusing on that flip-flop has worked really, really well for me. And what do you do to kind of keep yourself motivated to doing reach outs? You know, it's not always fun to, you know, following up, prospecting with leads. We all know we have to do it. You know, really text you write like a new text every single day and go, okay, I'm going to reach out to 200 people or what are the systems you put in place for yourself to say, all right, here's kind of my daily schedule. I'm going to put it on my calendar yeah. to, to make sure that I'm doing these things. Yeah, that's exactly what I have to do. I have to iron out time to put on my calendar that, okay, I'm spending this amount of time creating content, 
saving it in my draft so I can easily post it to social media. So if I'm busy or if I'm at appointments, then I can do that. Same for reaching out, sending out text messages or direct messages on Instagram, Facebook, um, whatever those people felt more comfortable reaching out in the past, then I do that also. Um, so just scheduling that amount of time and just putting my nose to the grind and just getting it done. Um, yes, it might not be the most motivating, but you see the difference in your business. And so that is always the biggest motivator for me is seeing the difference in the people I get reaching out. Um, and then also the people that are talking about buying in the future or selling in the future, or at least referring me out to other buyers or sellers also, it does make a really big difference. So that's the biggest way to motivate me to actually get it done, even though it's not the most enjoyable. Yeah, I think putting it on your calendar is is really, really important where you're literally putting it on your calendar and saying, I'm prospecting from nine to 11 or four to six or whatever it is each day. Yeah. I I listened to a sermon last night and the guy was talking about how he put on his, his, he, his, his calendar was constantly like four nights a week. He had a church meeting. Okay. And his daughter said something like, daddy, are you going to be gone again tonight for another church meeting? And she kept saying that like over and over. And finally he said, you know what? I made the decision that I'm going to have dinner with our family four nights a week. And he said, I put it on my calendar that we are having a family dinner four nights a week, no matter what. And then there is no church meeting that's coming up because that's what's important to me. And I'm focused on who I want to become and me spending time with my family is really important. So any other systems that you put in place for time blocking that have have allowed you to schedule on your calendar that says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this and kind of make yourself a little bit robotic to make sure you're doing everything you need to. For me, like it has to be that way or it's like not going to get done. And it's the same thing with even working out, doing like my meditation, like writing in my five minute journal saying like my or doing like my devotional for the day, like different things like that. I literally have to have it on my calendar to get it done. So it's the same thing when it comes to doing social media, making content, scheduling that out, and then same thing for reaching out to referrals and same thing for date night or family dinners. It just has to be on my calendar. And that's the biggest and best system that has worked for me. And it's something that I'm really, really working on in the new year um, to really iron it out. Because last year I did it and it was definitely working. But this year is my year to really, really put it in place. And I can see that it's working already. And it just helps everyone. It helps the home aspect. It helps the business aspect. And it just helps me as an agent and even personally just feel my best and do my best. And now a word from our sponsor, Canzel Realty. Run your business your way, only at Canzel Realty. You can have all of the freedom with none of the standard real estate red tape. As an agent at Canzel, you'll have the ability to be on a 100% split with no yearly or monthly tech fees. You'll get access to revenue share and stock award options, top tier leads program options, access to a local broker in every major city instead of just one for the whole state, a local circle leader to help you and your business, access to incredible national speakers and training, an unmatched suite of free technology, KB Core CRM, BrokerBuck, BrokerMint, and more. At Canzo, you get the best of both worlds. 
all the technology, revenue sharing, and equity awards of a national firm combined with the close-knit feel and support of a local firm. Build your real estate business your way, only at Canzel Realty. So give us very specifically what's kind of been the best things you've done on social media that's gotten the most likes, the most content, the most people kind of reaching out to you that's yeah. worked for you on and on what platform? Yeah. So Instagram is my biggest for sure. I do use Facebook, um, but Instagram's the biggest for me. Video has been the biggest thing um, and really focusing on education. I started doing video in my area before any other agents did and same for education because again, when I bought my first home, I had no clue what I was doing. And so I really started when I got my license, like most agents, working with buyers. And so focusing on buyer education was huge. I grew that relationship with so many people and was able to get referred out to so many other people looking to buy because they saw the education on my page. And then posting video, building that trust again, that it's more of a personal relationship compared to just photos. They're being able to see your mannerisms. They're being able to see your voice and see you out and about, like actually in the field really helped in that way. And then just posting constantly on stories, posting the good and bad about real estate, not just posting the wins, but posting the losses also. So it just seems more real. It just really helped, again, build that relationship. And it's continued to help me build that relationship with so many people and then also really grow into a referral base from that. So that has been crucial for my business. And I've noticed like when I've been on vacation or when I've had things going on and I haven't posted as much on social media, it makes a big difference in my business. And it's made a huge difference in the amount of people reaching out when I took time off around the holidays and things like that. So I see the value in it. I schedule it and it just has to get done because that's really what generates my business. I think telling people the nightmares, any mm -hmm. nightmare that you have or talking with other agents and sharing those on video are the best. So give us an example. Pretend like you were going to give somebody advice, if you know, a seller advice or a buyer advice, and you were going to put it on video. Let's yeah. pretend I was filming you right now in three, two, one. So we're back in the COVID market, guys. It's been super rough for my buyers. We have been looking at so many homes. We placed so many offers, the best that they've been able to do. They were working with another agent in the past that just wasn't putting them first and wasn't putting competitive offers out there. So we've been putting offers out. It's been really rough. And I know that they are getting really tired of not getting offers accepted, but we see the light at the end of the tunnel. We finally got an offer accepted. We're off to inspections and saying a prayer that we make it through well. And I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah, so that was great. So would you do that while you were at the house and then maybe show a glimpse of your your buyers if they allowed you to or well, usually I do as long as they're comfortable with that if not um I have like a setup in my car that I can film it like when I'm driving and then I do shoot other like professional video too I focus more on education for the professional video or little like personal things but usually like if I'm walking through or going through an open house or doing something like in the car with my setup then I do that too just wherever I can find the time to film it um and then just keeping it fresh on my brain I try to be um, as like real time as possible, but if not, then I just film it later also. So let's say somebody's in a rut and they want to start doing some more video. 
Give us some tips of what they would do. Like, do you ever go into open kind of vacant homes that are real? Like you can go show any home if it's a really pretty home, you know, out previewing homes for potential buyers and you're showing, you know, different, different homes, something like that. I think those kind of videos really show, hey, they don't need to know that you aren't listing that home. And you don't have to lie about it. Out previewing homes yes. for potential buyers. Check out this kitchen. Uh, tell us some things like that that they could do to kind of yeah. win some possible other sellers. So it's funny buyers. That, because that is one of the number one things I tell my mentees. And that is one of the number one things I did as a new agent. I didn't have listings. I didn't have many buyers. So I was showing open houses. I was previewing homes and I was doing new construction, showing model homes, because those are all things that you can fake it till you make it and make yourself look busy, make it look like you're doing whatever, showing these homes, like you said, um, but also showing these homes that buyers might be interested on social media. So if you're not posting, then people are going to think you're slow and you're not like doing anything. How are they going to know that you're actually doing business or you are a successful real estate agent in this day and age? if you aren't posting on social media. So that was one of the easiest things. And you can go out and batch the content if you're doing new construction, because it's not like the home's going to sell if it's a home on the market. So you could go do a bunch of model homes, save it. So when you're slow, then you can post it over time. But doing that when you're slow is going to help give momentum for when you have business again. And it's going to help get you business by posting homes like that. So if you had to give someone kind of like a sample schedule of your day, um, like from nine to five or whatever it is, yeah. what would be like, like this is grind mode, like we've got to get grinding, kind of map out what they would kind of schedule out in their day to make them as successful as possible? Yeah. So for me, like in the morning, like working out, doing my devotion, journaling, Um, And then going from there, usually like 10 to 12 is when I do most of like my video content, especially if I'm shooting the professional content um, with the marketing group that I use. That's usually 10 to 12. And then from there, it's checking the MLS, reaching out to buyers and sellers, reaching out to those past clients, sending out that script. Um, And then usually like three to four is when I focus more on social media. I don't just post and leave it. I try to engage with as many accounts as possible because that helps boost my post to the top, but then also creates more of a relationship with other buyers, sellers, and then agents really working on that referral base for around the country. And then from there, just cooling down a little bit. Um, I'm still usually texting clients and things like after 5 p.m., but usually four to five is more the cool down, um, doing one last check of the MLS, um, and then sending out any docs if possible, checking emails, things before the end of the day, before TCs, title, lenders, all that's done. And then just going from there. So then usually a nice glass of wine to end off the night and get ready for the next day. So you have such a big following on Instagram. Tell us like some of the tips because, you know, Facebook and Instagram are different. And it seems like some people really, you know, have Facebook down and other people they've really got uh, Instagram now down, yeah. down. Is there anything that you do? Like, you know, do you do anything as far as hashtags or any kind of things that make Instagram more popular that can drive more people to, to get more followers? 
Yeah. So using hashtags is great. I don't think it necessarily adds to my following a ton, but it has helped add to like my referral base for other agents when they go to search for an agent in Lamore, California or Central Valley or a PCS realtor for someone coming in for the Navy, different things like that. Um, it has also worked for me um, following lots of other agents because I do want to grow my referral base. I do also go through um, local businesses and I follow them. I try to collaborate as much as possible or post on my story or post on Instagram if I go to local businesses in the hope that they'll repost it and then local people will follow me back and then it can grow into business from there. Look, let's stay there right now yeah. because that that is a tip that I think people in, you know, we really targeted this a lot back in, you know, before COVID. Yeah. And now businesses are struggling. This is a time where people need to see that you are supporting their business. So we would do these local business updates where we would encourage our agents to go around and they would say, I, you know, you would say something like, hi, I'm Chantel with Canzel Realty. And here we are at, uh, you know, Sally Sue, who's coffee shop. And, uh, you know, this coffee is yeah. the best in town and let's try it. And, you know, all of that. And it seems like, you know, the last two years that's kind of fallen off. Yeah. Do you do that and kind of talk about, you know, how often or is that working for you to get other businesses kind of sharing and liking your your videos? It has worked. Um, I do need to do it more often, um, but it's something that I've done even just quick stories like posting or if I'm getting lunch somewhere trying to highlight that. But I've also done it um, in like professional video when I did like a Q&A talking about some of my favorite restaurants to eat at or coffee shops and then tagging them that way. And that worked also. So just trying to go different avenues in boosting them and sharing their business and it creates that trust again but then hoping that they'll reshare it, at least comment or do something to help you also as a little piggyback. But doing it more often, I definitely need to get better with, but it has helped in the past. And I think it's great for local businesses. Or another thing is looking at buyers looking to come into the area, like highlighting things in your local area that could be a pro for why they might want to buy there. Or if they're new to the area and looking for a coffee shop, like different things like that. There's so many different ways that it can help you, but also help other people. So we have found that organic content, the more organic it is, it seems to really resonate with people. You know, the more yeah. professional we do, like your hair's done, your your makeup's done, everything, you know, but but the the more professional it looks, the less engagement we seem to get. What are you yeah. finding with that? So I see it like both ways. Um, I think it's just trying to stay as real as possible, even when you're doing the professional content. Um, I get great engagement on some of it and then some of it, not so much. I get great engagement when I post like bloopers and things like that, like when you're showing your real personality, it's so helpful. And I think it just, again, helps them build that trust because they're getting to know you, getting to know how you react in a situation and that you're a real person. You're not just some realtor robot. You're a real person. So I think, like you said, posting the more organic stuff, I do that more on stories and more photos and then little videos here and there. But it has helped having some of the professional stuff for like reels on Instagram and more editing things that I wouldn't necessarily do. And then just trying to get creative with it. Um, 
like different videos I've done, like don't throw your money away on rent and then like chucking a bunch of like $100 bills at like the camera and then just going into like a blurb from there. Got great engagement on that. But some of the more boring educational content might not get the best engagement, but I know I'm still reaching people and providing a service to them and providing that content that's going to help them. So that's why I do it. Yeah, I think another thing is, you know, even getting your lenders involved, the uh-huh. like for example, right now the two one buy down is a really popular thing because you can kind of talk to people about, hey, you know, you can reduce your interest rates yeah. for the first year by two percent, the second year by one percent, yeah. talking about what that is, working with your lender on it, seeing if he wants to maybe boost some of those ads paying he'll help pay to boost some of those ads doing it together with him is a really um really good thing so we do have a question um how many times per day do you post on each site um do you schedule it or do you just go i'm just going to post it and do it and do you ever mix in like in person videos reels or anything else so that people can relate to you outside of real estate yeah, so I definitely hopping into the in-person versus real estate. I try to mix in personal and real estate because I'm really just all about the relationship. And I think that that is crucial to be able to build that trust so they feel more comfortable to you when they're ready to reach out to either buy or sell. So I post a little bit of personal, a little bit of real estate. I like to do a mix there. I do have two separate pages. I have a personal page and I have a real estate page. But now that Instagram has the collaborate option, I try to add both to collaborate no matter what. So it's getting posted on both. So I'm trying to reach more people, not just on my real estate page, also on my personal page also. Um, Explain what the collaborate page on Instagram is. Explain what that means. Yeah. So there's the collaborate button. So like normally how you can tag people, there's a collaborate option. So you can add one person to collaborate. So if I I'm posting on my real estate page and I add my personal page to collaborate, it pops up on both feeds. So it shows that it collaborated. So then I'm able to reach personal people on my personal page that might not follow my business page if they don't want to see as much real estate or whatever, but then I'm still able to reach them on my personal page without having to double post. So one thing that's worked really, really well, Um, I don't collaborate on everything. I try to just pick a few posts here and there so I don't overwhelm and like lose followers on that. But the collaborate has worked fantastic. Or if like my husband and I do a video together at one of his flips, then doing that collaborate and then it's reaching all of his people too without them having to follow me. So it's a whole new way to reach people that aren't following you and then hopefully in turn turn into followers If not, then at least they're seeing your content and then going from there. Well, it is not a wonder of how you are so successful. You come across over camera just so genuine and loving, and you can just really feel that through you. And it's been a pleasure and an honor to have you here with us today. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Yeah, so I'm at Brian Smith Realtor, B-R-Y-A-N-N, Smith Realtor on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me there. Awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a bit. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents. And tune in next week for another power-packed episode. 
This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast.